God says that uh, the soul that sins, it shall surely die. Uh, the wages of sin is death. God sent his son to pay that debt. And when the son died, justice was satisfied. The truth is offensive. The truth is offensive. The gospel is offensive. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father, who is in heaven, will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name cast out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. That's Matthew 7, verses 21 through 23. What's going on, guys? And welcome to That Good Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Arnett, and I'm here with my co-host, the flamethrowing gospel preacher. How do you like that title? <laughs> Seth Carter. <laughs> <laughs> it work, I reckon. <laughs> we are recording this on New Year's Day, um, January 1st, 2021. want to wish everybody a happy new year. I think, uh, Seth, everybody's probably glad to get 2020 in the rear view. Yeah, everybody's glad to be saying goodbye to 2020, I believe, and hoping and praying for a lot better year yeah i don't think you're gonna see any church signs that say anything about 2020 vision (laughs) nah i'm pretty sure everybody's gonna be focused on 2021 (laughs) yeah getting through this year it has been a crazy year Uh, a lot of bad things but also a lot of good things that came out of out of 2020 and um one of the best things or not the best things but one of the cool things is we started this podcast, so it's a pretty uh, pretty good way to kick off the new year. Second episode on our podcast. Hopefully, uh, we don't know where it'll go from here, but we're looking forward to it. Um, so, real quick, uh, if you've not went back and listened, we had an intro episode. It's about 15 minutes. Go back and check that out. An episode one dropped uh, on the 31st on the importance of the gospel. And then today is our second episode, and we're going to be... Uh, discussing and tearing apart the prosperity gospel word of faith movement and telling you why it is a false gospel so if you've not um, heard yet the goal of our podcast is to encourage fellow believers and to point unbelievers to christ alone for salvation we'll take a second to give a shout out to our sponsor narrowgate boutique you can find that website, um, all their Bible tabs. Uh, it's basically index stickers for the books of the Bible, uh, other stickers, T-shirts, etc. Um, the website for that is narrowgateboutique.etsy.com. And go check that out. Buy you some Bible tabs, some cool accessories for your Bible, T-shirts, all that stuff. So um, let's kick this off with a little icebreaker, a little random question here. If you could choose one actor to play you in a movie about your life who would it be mm. one actor about my life like realistically what goes on in my life <laughs> sure yeah probably kevin james <laughs> kevin james like 
as in Paul Blart, Mall yes, Cop. Yes, Paul Blart, Mall Cop, yeah. <laughs> so for anybody that doesn't know Seth, he is a security guard, so we like to give him a hard time about being a mall cop. Um, he doesn't get to carry a gun or a knife or a taser or anything. Not even a Segway. <laughs> so, but I do get a golf cart on occasion. There you go. So, you know, worst comes to worst, Seth could run somebody over with a golf cart. But I guess if I was to pick an actor to play uh, me in a movie, it would probably be Clint Eastwood. For no reason other than no matter what I would be doing, I would I would look tough. So you get Clint Eastwood <laughs> and I get Kevin James. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm going to ride around on a horse in a movie about my life, too. Spitting tobacco and smoking cigars. Why couldn't I pick somebody cooler then? <laughs> I don't know, man. It, it was your choice. You said realistically, Marcus. What are you trying to say? I'm trying to say you're not Clint Eastwood, or even close to Clint Eastwood. Okay, well. You're not Dirty Harry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I mean, I think Clint Eastwood be, would be a good pick for me. A fistful of cash hollers. <laughs> <laughs> a fistful of cash hollers. <laughs> oh, man, so... Anyways, we'll go ahead and get this thing kicked off. Um, the Prosperity Gospel, Word of Faith Movement, um, a false gospel. So, Seth, what is the Prosperity Gospel? Well, I got to ask that ancient theologian Google the other day. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, He's got a lot of good tips. Yeah, and surprisingly, I've got actually a really good answer to the Prosperity uh, Gospel and the health and wealth gospel or the gospel of success or the seed of faith and it's got many names but it says right here is a religious belief among some protestant christians i would say unorthodox protestant christians for sure on that that financial blessing and physical well-being are always the will of god for them and that faith positive speech and donations to religious causes will increase one's material wealth that's what google said and really it hit it head on on that yeah uh google theology is pretty good with that one so i got a couple notes on that too is um it originated as a spinoff from pentecostalism it was post world war ii uh in america had a big rise in the 1980s tv and radio um i think that's when the term uh televangelist was probably coined um, and so the modern uh, prosperity gospel father, if you want to say that, um, that a lot of the prosperity preachers that we hear kind of trace back to would be Oral Roberts. But I know you, you've got some ones that are even oh, older. Oh, yeah, than that. older than that. Um, Phineas B. Quimby um, is considered the great grandfather of the Word of Faith movement, father of the New Thought. And. Um, Essek W. Kenyon is another one. He's considered the grandfather of the Word of Faith movement. And probably one of the more modern-day ones is Kenneth Hagin. Mm-hmm. They consider him the father of the modern-day Word of Faith movement. So you got great, great, got excuse me, you got great-grandfather, grandfather, and father mm-hmm. of all these movements. Yeah, and something interesting, too, um, kind of the chain of how it is passed down that way. Um, and I mentioned Oral Roberts, but Kenneth Copeland, which is most people would recognize that name, um, he was actually a pilot for Oral Roberts during his televangelism, televangelism days. Um, so that's interesting how he kind of got started in it too. 
Um, but as far as what the prosperity gospel is, Seth mentioned some things about that. But um, if you listen to any prosperity preaching, um, something that's big that you'll notice in that is it's a sin to be sick or poor or those type of things. Which the funny thing about that is when you look at Scripture and read the Scripture to show us, Jesus himself said in the Beatitudes in Luke chapter 6, Blessed are you who are poor. Yeah, for yours is the kingdom it's of a God. Completely, it's completely opposite. Yeah, and that's I mean the the scripture there, poor when it when it says poor, it means destitute, like ragged clothes, those yeah. type of things. It's the complete opposite of what Jesus taught. So it's it's interesting that um, it's just uh, with the prosperity gospel. There's such an illiteracy with scripture, like just a little bit of New Testament Bible reading, it will tear it to pieces. It refutes it just with just a handful of scripture it's refuted even with this one scripture refutes it yeah so something else with the prosperity gospel you'll see um is they'll say that you can give uh the more you give you maintain wealth and health and those things um but also (laughs) in the scripture we read and see in first peter uh chapter four and verses 12 and 13 it says beloved do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you which comes upon you for your testing as though some strange thing were happening to you but to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ keep on rejoicing so that also the revelation of his glory you may rejoice with exultation so it's 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 amazing when we look in the scripture how it just tears this to pieces and we see that we're encouraged, uh, as in the book of First Peter, to share in the sufferings of Christ, and mm-hmm. so that's a, a big thing with the the prosperity gospel. Is you shouldn't uh, to hear those guys tell it, you shouldn't suffer, you shouldn't no, face any hard. They times. teach absolutely opposite of what the New Testament teaches. Yeah, and here's another scripture. This is Philippians uh, one twenty nine. For to you it has been granted for Christ's sake not only to believe in them believe in him but also to suffer on his behalf it's granted to you to suffer yeah on his behalf is what the scripture teaches marcus yeah and it's amazing to me to think that the whole the king of glory himself came to earth and suffered the suffering servant we read in isaiah 53 oh, yes. that he was despised of man he was a man of sorrows all these things and then as christians we are we model our life after christ mm-hmm. it's christ living in us and to go and say that we shouldn't suffer that we shouldn't be uh desolate desolate or not have uh we should go without money and all these things we shouldn't go without money and all these things it's amazing to me because the son of god didn't even have a place to lay his head yeah but to hear prosperity, the prosperity gospel would tell you that uh, you're sinning because you uh, are poor or because you're sick and you're healthy. When the the scripture clearly teaches that in our weakness, Christ is made strong. Mm-hmm. So how is it dis- different um, from the real gospel? What what's some things you would you would give our listeners for that? Well, I would say this: it's a message of ha- of having a personal earthly earthly kingdom mm. in a sense yeah see when the jew when jesus come to the jews they wanted a earthly earthly kingdom mm-hmm. and wanted things of this world you mm-hmm. know they wanted to be yeah they wanted a they didn't want to be delivered from sin right they didn't want jesus to bring salvation in mm-hmm. 
they didn't want the spiritual kingdom and all that. Right. They wanted to have it made here on earth. Yeah, they wanted Jesus to they come and be, be the They wanted to be top dogs here on earth. Exactly. They wanted Jesus to come and rule and, and then them prosper and have a uh, their best life now, basically. Yeah, pretty much. That's just the message. They that, wanted to have their best life now in yeah. Jerusalem on here on earth. Yeah, so... Um, it's it's amazing the differences between the prosperity gospel and the real gospel, which causes to suffering and service, versus the prosperity gospel that that causes to health and wealth and comfort. Really, yeah. Um, so something that's interesting, the prosperity gospel would say, "Come to Jesus, and all your sicknesses and how poor you are, all these things will be taken care of." And if those things are not taken care of, it's just because you didn't have enough faith. Yeah, they will say that. It's always the argument. You don't have enough faith. Yeah. You don't have enough faith. Well, faith is a gift from God. Absolutely. So if, you ha- if a person has enough faith to be saved, which they do because it's a gift from God, yeah. they should have enough faith to be healed or blessed, but we know that's false mm-hmm. though, in that sense. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing um, if you've seen you know these crusades that they have or whatever, which I know you'll talk about a little bit later, but Justin Peters, who is actually um, handicapped himself, yeah, and he talks a little bit about attending these uh, healing crusades or whatever you want to call it and um, standing in line to, to be healed. And he talks about how they have workers at at these uh, crusades and how they'll come and they'll only pick certain people that have like certain ailments. Like if you have bad eyesight, that's one that's easy to fake. Basically, they can call you up and say something and you say, yeah, I can see better. Or if you've got a little limp, you know, you can walk. But somebody who is actually majorly handicapped, they, they kind of tend to steer away from those things, which is amazing because, I mean, if, if the prosperity gospel is true, um, and that faith would bring physical healing. Um, we wouldn't see, we wouldn't have, you know, St. Jude's Hospital. You wouldn't yeah. have all these things when, as bad as it is, um, sometimes it's God's will for us to suffer, to bring us closer sure to Him. Sure And another scripture in First Peter is, for it is better if God should will it so that you suffer for doing what is right rather than for doing what is wrong. Absolutely. So where the prosperity gospel would say, come to Jesus to get over your sickness and your how poor you are, the real gospel, Jesus would say, like in Matthew 11, he says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Not, I'll give you, you know, uh, $10,000 stimulus check. <laughs> yeah. It's, I'll give you rest. Um, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, which is the total opposite of the prosperity message. Jesus himself said he is meek and lowly in heart. He says, and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So the burden that the prosperity gospel brings is the burden of, well, you just got to have enough faith to be healed. Mm-hmm. You got to have enough faith to um, for your bank account to increase. Where the real gospel, Jesus says, come to me and I'll give you rest. You may still suffer. You may still be poor, but you have peace with God because yes, of Jesus Christ. The most Christ. important thing yeah. is having peace with God through the true gospel. Mm-hmm. So uh, the prosperity gospel, another way that it's different is um, the prosperity gospel will focus on how much faith you have or you don't have, which we've kind of talked about that. Um, but it, they, they put a priority on how much you do. 
like your 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 efforts, your will. When you said, um, which is the scripture I was going to go to in Ephesians uh, chapter two, where it says, "For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing; it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast." So faith is granted to us mm-hmm. to believe. Um, so the fact that the prosperity gospel would say, well, you, you, you're not healed because you don't have enough faith, these things, that's just totally contrary to what the Bible teaches. Sure it is. It's completely unorthodox. It's a false Jesus being preached, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. And if you have a false Jesus, you have a false gospel, I would say. Absolutely. What people need to realize is what one believes about Jesus Christ determines where one will spend eternity forever. Absolutely. And it's amazing to me to, to see um, how low of a view of God the prosperity gospel presents because it, it, it makes God, God in a sense, uh, like a genie in a bottle. You know, come and, and make your wish, and, and the genie comes out and grants your wish. It's a low view of God. It's man-centered. It's, man pre- it's man-pleasing. It's a... Uh, it's a man-centered, man-pleasing version of God. Yeah. It's also a man-centered and man-pleasing structure style of the church. Mm-hmm. It's all about you. Yeah. It's what I can't stand about it. It's yeah. a low view of God. Um, it's a low view of the... It's not even a low view of the gospel. It's mm-hmm. not even... It's a false gospel. Yeah, I don't even register on the scale. Yeah. Um, it's... Which we talked a little bit last week about um, the when Paul talked in Galatians, when he wrote the the letter there to the church in Galatia, when he said, if any man come to you with another gospel, let him be accursed. Uh, This, no doubt, is is not the orthodox, Christian, biblical gospel. This is another gospel. Um, And it, it, basically what it does is creates a God. You create your own God, basically. Pretty much. And, uh, which, the... It's really selfism. It really is. Instead of looking to God looking to Christ for all of our needs and trusting in his plan um, the prosperity gospel points us to look at ourselves and look at our needs and something that um, that you'll hear a lot in the prosperity gospel word of faith movement is that God will give you all the desires of your heart Um, but what we don't realize is that our heart is desperately wicked above um, all things above all things and we don't understand the wickedness of our own hearts, but the prosperity gospel would say, well, well, you know, God's going to give you whatever, whatever is in your heart. Whereas somebody who's truly heard the gospel message and comes to f- true faith in Jesus Christ, it, he reorients the desires of our hearts to where the things that we desire are to glorify God versus the prosperity gospel of things that we desire uh, in an unregenerate person is the things that are total opposite of God. It's selfishness, like you said. It is, and back to the low view of God, I believe it was Benny Hinn and Miles Monroe. Mm -hmm. They was talking about prayer and their prayer lives um, as they give God permission to enter (laughs) into their life is pretty much what they say. They have to let God into their life. They give permission, and that's a total low view of God. Because the Bible says in the book of Psalms, I believe it's Psalms 135, whatever the Lord pleases, he does in heaven and in the earth, in the seas and in all deeps. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a low view of God. And I remember hearing Jesse DePlantis talk about 
as God was speaking to him audibly, asking Jesse for his opinion about something. Asking <laughs> Jesse, yeah. as Jesse was supposedly counseling the Lord himself. Yeah. And I've heard Jesse Duplantis say, you choose when you live and choose when you die. And you see in the scripture where that's completely yeah false. Going back to, to that, a little bit, as I said earlier, just a little bit of sitting down and opening your Bible and reading your Bible. You don't even have to go. You can just read the New Testament, and it totally destroys this, which it's interesting you talked about that, um, about somebody <laughs> giving God permission to do something, which is totally nuts. I was thinking of uh, the verse in Isaiah 66 and 1. It says, Thus saith the Lord, The heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you build unto unto me, and where is my place of rest? For all those things hath mine hand made, and all those things hath all the, all those things have been, saith the Lord. But to the, this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit, and tremble at my word. So, not only is there a low view of God. Um, in the prosperity gospel word of faith movement it's a low view of the word of God yeah um, it is and it's a low view of God's decrees too mm-hmm. and it's so much into that talking about God's plan and mm-hmm. his decrees yeah this is a quote from Joel Osteen and I believe this is in 2004 isn't he your pastor Seth no far from it <laughs> far from it jo- Joyce Meyer is my associate pastor but no, I'm just yeah, kidding yeah. this is I'm, talking about Zachariah here in the Bible this is a quote from Joel Olstein. Yeah. why did God take away Zachariah's speech it's because God knew that Zachariah's negative words would cancel out his plan mm-hmm. talking about God's plan there <laughs> see God knows the power of our words he knows that we prophesy our future I feel like I'm just sinning reading this to be honest with you <laughs> yeah and he knew Zachariah's own negative words would stop his plan yeah and a scripture to destroy that is Isaiah 46 10 declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things which have not been done saying my purpose will be established and I will accomplish all my good pleasure yeah. and that just completely refutes it you mean to tell me Seth that God can do whatever he wants to he can do anything <laughs> but go against his own nature there you go. it's impossible for God to lie it's yeah. impossible for God to sin Yeah, it's possible for God to deny himself absolutely and with the prosperity gospel it's, it's so um for lack of a better word, it's so ignorant to think that we control God because that's how it's presented through the, the messages that are preached. Um, but something that you'll notice is most of the messages that you hear by some some of the you know popular uh, prosperity preachers that we'll, we may name some of them in a little bit, but some of the things that you'll hear is um, when they preach a message, if you want to call it that, um, they'll take maybe one verse completely out of context out of context 100%. and twist it twist it to mean whatever whatever they want to and that's what we talked about before in a previous episode of how dangerous that is oh yeah the cherry picking the scripture cherry picking because you can you can literally take a verse of scripture which the one that I used before was in Philippians I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me now the prosperity gospel would tell you you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you so, you know, if, if you're wanting a new job, a promotion at work, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you when in all reality, in Philippians 
when Paul was writing the letter there, he was telling them how to suffer well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just want to go back to something real quick while it's on my mind, Marcus. When Joe Olstein was talking about that, if you know this in the Word of Faith movement, they think what we speak, they speak is so powerful. Mm -hmm. Speak things into existence. Yes, and I know you probably hit on that here in a second, but like they teach that positive thoughts, positive speech brings prosperity, and negative thoughts, ne- negative thoughts and speech bring sickness and poorness. Mm-hmm. It's what they teach. Yeah. So um, you're talking about speaking things into existence. When the scripture clearly teaches that we have no authority, God is in control of everything. We have no power. We have no power. We are vile, wretched sinners. The best thing we can do in ourselves is just make a mess of everything and to say that we can speak things into existence that's putting ourselves in the place of god it's that and it's absolutely insane it's blasphemy it's blasphemy it's insane to think that and so um something some phrases or terms that we use a lot that we hear sometimes even in the evangelical community is um i'm going to speak into this i'm going to i'm going to speak um speak positive thoughts over you or whatever whenever the if 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 i was to speak positive thoughts to you seth the only thing that i could do with that would be to open the scriptures and and read you from the scriptures something that may actually give you comfort because it's inspired by god because anything that we say none of that's inspired none, nothing that we say is inspired no, so no, no. even the apostles was inspired that's right. another thing the word of god is inspired yeah. god breathed but the apostles are not they wasn't inspired now some people hearing that will probably have a stroke yeah but the word of god is what is inspired yeah old um ancient men of old spoke as they were as but, the holy spirit yes put it on them basically to, yeah, to speak along. it yeah um, so it's it's you know something else you'll hear in the prosperity gospel word of faith movement um, is the little gods doctrine saying that we are little gods. Oh yeah, because you're they take it out of context once again. Mark is talking about being being created in the image of God. Mm-hmm. Created in the image of God, so that means we're little gods. That that's that's pretty much what, they, what say. they say. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we know that we we are created in the image of God. Absolutely, that is true. But that doesn't make us. Uh, the the scripture clearly teaches that our biggest mistake is we think that God is like us. Yeah, and he's totally different. Oh us. yeah, and you really hear the prosperity gospel. It sounds a lot like Satan in the Garden of Eden. That's true. It really does. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a good point. Um, what's some dangers of the prosperity gospel? Which I know we've talked about some of this, but what? Well, there's no salvation in it. That's the main yeah. thing. Yeah, no salvation. False view of God, mm-hmm. false gospel is the that's the three things, and mm-hmm. they all go together. Of course, yeah. if you have a unbiblical God and an unbiblical gospel, there's going to be no salvation come from that. Yeah, and so the the scripture that we opened up with in Matthew seven, um, in verses twenty one through twenty three, um, we we often hear that scripture uh, taught talking about God or talking about the Lord saying depart from me I never knew you but we read a little bit before that scripture we see uh, in verse 15 of Matthew 7 it says beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly are ravenous wolves so the scripture talks so much about false teachers and there's so many warnings about false teachers and it's important to realize that that um, 
God seemed fit to give us so much warning in the scriptures about false teachers. Yeah. Uh, and it's something that we encounter on on all, all on all hands. You know, uh, turn your television on, on you know the uh, one of these networks that broadcast, and more often than not, you're going to see somebody that's preaching a prosperity gospel and a false gospel message. Oh yeah, and the thing about the prosperity gospel, it's a low view of sin. Mm-hmm. The sin is just not dealt with. It's a softening of sin. Mm-hmm. It's more of like sin prevents you from having your best life, pretty much, or yeah. having prosperity or blessings towards you and Joseph Prince I was listening to him speak and he was talking about repentance and I was listening to it at first and it sounded alright but you have to listen to everything Mm -hmm. he's talking about repentance the Greek word for it's manoia to have a change of mind and yes that is true but this is how he twisted it Marcus he talked about repentance having a change of mind from negative thoughts positive thoughts Mm -hmm. just like we said earlier could to uh connect with the positive thoughts of bringing prosperity and the negative thoughts of bringing sickness and poorness yeah it's twisted it it is totally twisted um something uh, that i was reading here in the book uh, of jude the letter there um and verse one it says jude a bondservant of jesus christ and brother of james to those who are the called, beloved in God the Father, and kept for Jesus Christ, may mercy and peace and love be multiplied, multiplied to you. Beloved, while I was making every effort to write you about our common salvation, I felt the necessity to write to you, to write to you, appealing that you contend earnestly for the faith which was once delivered, which was once all handed down to the saints. For certain persons, for certain persons have crept in unnoticed, those who were long beforehand marked out for this condemnation, ungodly persons who turn the grace of our God into, I'm probably going to butcher this word, lasciviousness and deny our only Master and Lord Jesus Christ. So, uh, we read here that there's certain persons who've crept in unnoticed those who were long beforehand marked out for this condemnation ungodly persons who were turning the grace of our god they're they're profiting from it they're turning it into what it's not what god did not mean for it to be and we're encouraged uh, through the scripture to earnestly contend for the faith so uh, you may run into people who say well how can you speak negatively about these these people, these preachers or, or you know so-called preachers? How can we? Why would you speak out against this? You know they're just trying to do what God's called them to do. When um, the Scripture is very clear that we're to mark those that cause yes, division, you're supposed to call them out, and that we're earnestly contend for the faith, not meaning that uh, God needs our help, but to, that our brothers and sisters need our help. Those that are uh, maybe actual Christians that are caught up in in uh, these damnable doctrines to point them to Jesus Christ and to point them to the scriptures and say this is why the prosperity gospel is wrong and point them to Jesus yes and I believe Marcus that a saved person could get caught up in this mess yeah I, do I believe that but I believe eventually the Lord will get them out of it mm-hmm. yeah it's uh, I, I, and I know I can speak personally I, I have um, friends uh, family I don't even think they realize um, they'll share videos of, of some of these preachers and basically promoting the message that they're preaching when um, 
when I, in all reality it's not it's a false gospel it's it's a it's a prosperity gospel and I don't think they realize that um, because nobody's ever pointed it out to them that this is why this is not correct this is why the prosperity gospel is wrong but also not only that not only leaving it there but explaining what the real gospel is as we said in the last episode that Jesus Christ came and died for our sins according to the scriptures that he was buried and he rose on the third day according to the scriptures that's the real gospel yes it is it's the story of Jesus Christ realizing that we are all sinners from birth we're sinners the best we can do is fall short and that we have no hope outside of Jesus Christ That's and true. we need his righteousness to be able to stand before a holy God to where the prosperity gospel is not you're never going to hear that preached you're never going to hear that preached you're never going to hear an orthodox view of God you're never going to hear an orthodox view of salvation it's just completely false Yeah, it's a feel good lie is what it is Yeah, and um, kind of going back to the dangers um, of this false gospel and the results that come from it, um, people that may actually be saved that are caught up in this, they they have no assurance of their salvation. No, they don't. Because it's, you know, on what you can do, uh, how much faith you can muster up yourself. Um, but also, it's dangerous because there's, there's hints of truth in there. You were talking about, uh, I think, Joseph Prince and the message of repentance. How that, they twisted it. And how like it's, that. sometimes it's so close, you have to really listen in to realize that there's hints of truth in there, but in all reality, it's a perversion of God's word. It's very deceitful and deceiving. Mm-hmm. It's very deceiving because they speak kindly like Christianese in a sense. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It sounds like Christianity, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so um, for anybody who's caught up in that, maybe you're a teacher or a preacher that is. You know, you may be listening to this episode and say, well, I've, you know, I've said some of those things that y'all are saying that these prosperity guys say. Um, the, I, I'm not saying that you're completely a false teacher. I just would say to examine yourself according to the scriptures yeah. because the, the words that Jesus spoke in Matthew 7 that I read, talking of these false teachers that have not bore any fruit, he, he said, many will say to me on that day, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not perform many miracles? That's another thing with it the prosperity. It all comes back to the person. Yeah. It's all about you, you, you right. there. And they're saying all these things in their works. Yeah. Somebody that's truly saved, that's trusting in Christ alone, mm-hmm. wouldn't be saying, what about this i done? What right. about that they would be saying, Lord, I trusted you alone. Yeah. Which you won't have to worry about hearing those words if you're trusting Christ right, alone for salvation. Right. Absolutely. So that's a good point, uh, the danger of the prosperity gospel. And I've said it before, but a lot of these false gospels, it kind of, um, if you look really at the ground level, it boils down to works, adding in yeah. works, adding in what you can do. As Like you said with, the, with that scripture, Matthew seven twenty two, when he says, Lord, Lord, we did this. We cast out demons in your name. We performed many miracles um, in your name. But like you said, it's just what we've done and not what Christ has done. Yeah, it's all comes back on the person. Yeah. It's a it's such a damnable doctrine. 
It is, and there's lighter versions of it. And you say, what do you mean by that? I know people's going to get heated when I say this name because a lot of people listen to them. Mm -hmm. But you have to be careful with lighter versions of it. You say, what do you mean by lighter versions? I'm saying they're deceitful. Very deceitful for the gospel isn't preached. A uh, teacher that's well-known in this area, Stephen Furtick, Mm-hmm. I probably butchered his last name. I don't know if it's Furry Tick or Furtick or what it is. <laughs> that sounds like a furry tick, yeah. Furry tick, yeah. But you say, yeah. why are you saying that? He's, Yeah, he's not as crazy as some of these other teachers, but what worries me is how man-centered it is. Mm-hmm. It's so deceitful. It's all about the person. It's all about you. Mm-hmm. It's... He don't do exegesis. He don't even do eisegesis. It's narcissus. Yeah. It's all about you. And he reads himself into the text on every single story. And it's very dangerous. Um, We talked about pulling the scripture out of context to make it mean whatever you want it to mean. But something uh, it's important it says said there is inserting ourselves into the text. It's very dangerous. Um I have a lot of problems with Stephen Furtick, and I know a lot of people don't like to hear that. I honestly, I want to say this. I pray for that man daily. Yeah. I pray for people like T.D. Jakes. I mm-hmm. pray for people like Joyce Meyer. I even play, pray for Kenneth Copeland, uh, Jesse Duplantis. Joel Olstein's been mm-hmm. on my prayer list before. Yeah. I've prayed for these people to come out of that because I care about them. But back to Stephen Furtick, I have so much problems with his theology. Mm-hmm. Here's the three main ones I heard. And uh, limited to God. He limited to Jesus. Mm-hmm. He said, Jesus can't even override your unbelief. <laughs> well, that's not true. The Son gives life to who he wills. Mm-hmm. That's in Scripture. Yeah. Jesus broke the law for love. Yeah. Jesus came to fulfill the fulfill. law. He said he didn't come to put away a law, but to, to fulfill it. Yes. Never once does the Scripture say that he broke the law. And He's the, a perfect law keeper. Oh, yes. If he broke the law, we're all still in our sins. Yeah, yeah. we're hell bound if Jesus Christ broke the law. And here's another thing that bothered me. And I thought Stephen Furtick was at least solid on this right here. But after hearing him say God changes forms, yes. going into modalism, modalism yeah. on the Trinity, mm-hmm. I was just like, man, I'm so worried about that, man. Yeah. It really burdens me because I care about the souls of men. Mm-hmm. And... I just worry about that because he was talking about how Jesus was changing forms when he was going back to the Father. And that right there is complete modalism. That's not orthodox view of the Trinity. That's heresy. Yeah. And from people listening to Stephen Furtick, he's nice. He's very elegant in his speaking. Yeah, sure. He's a very good motivational speaker. Sure. Same with most of these guys, man, like Joe Olstein. I mean, I'm sure he's probably a pretty pleasant guy to talk to. I mean, he's not somebody you just want to walk up and punch in the face. No, I mean, I'm sure Stephen Vertex's not somebody you want to do that to either. Yeah. But I worry about men and women that listen to that, and they never listen to anything else, and the yeah. gospel isn't presented. Yeah. That's what I worry about. Absolutely. There's no gospel presentation, no biblical gospel preached. Um and also, you mentioned it in a previous episode, but there's no real way for the child of God to grow in Christ outside of the Word of God. No, there isn't. So uh, these distorted scripture, uh, breakdown of scriptures and messages that are preached where things are pulled out of context, 
Um, you're not really learning or growing anyway because you're not learning anything. You have such a low view of God and such a low view of Scripture to where you would much rather hear things that relate to you versus God. Yeah, if you want this pause right there, I want to add something while it's uh, fresh on my mind. You yeah. say a low view of Scripture. Mm -hmm. Well, Jesus is the Word. Absolutely, yeah, Here's true. what they will say. Mm -hmm. They will say when you take the Scripture to them, and say this is wrong. Mm -hmm. They will say, "Well, God told me divine revelation, divine, personal yeah. revelation." I'm glad you God said that. Himself. Yeah. They will say, "Well, God told me this," and uh, there's another. I think it's Kenneth Hagin said Jesus appeared physically to him eight different times. That's nuts, man. That's nuts. Yeah. And here's another thing. God does not contradict Himself. Yeah. At all. Yeah. At all. So if you're taking what we know is true, mm -hmm. God's word, it's perfect, or it's without error. We yeah. believe that scripture is without doubt God's word. There's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with it. And you say that God said something yeah. and it contradicts that, you're a false prophet, man. That's it. And you better be glad you're not living in the Old Testament because <laughs> you'd be put to death. That's what I was getting ready they to say. They would kill you. Yeah, they would stone you in the Old Testament. So I, I think... Uh, a lot of times we hear about prophecy and these guys that say that they're modern day prophets. Um, I think we should hold them to the test of the Old Testament. Say, you know, would you be comfortable preaching this message in Old Testament biblical times? And if uh, an examination of scripture, they would have to say no to that. So you talk about divine revelation and something we hear, God told me, God told me yeah, this, God told dangerous. me that. And we see in scripture, um, it's very clear. If God told you something it's going to be through his word yes it's and, going to be related to it's going to be right there and he speaks through his word yeah too. i don't believe god speaks audibly no. anymore there's no new revelation there's coming. not there's not god, if he reveals something to you it's going to be coming from the uh the holy bible of yeah course. the the canon of scripture is closed god gave us 66 books and i was going to read this in hebrews it says god in, in Hebrews chapter 1 it says in verse 1 God after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets and in many portions and in many ways in these last days has spoken to us in his son whom he appointed heir of all things through whom also he made the world so uh, to say that God's told uh, uh, divine revelation there's something that uh, God has told somebody not only does that we hear that in the prosperity gospel we hear it in many different cults too these divine revelations when the scripture clearly says that in time past and days of old in many ways um, that God spoke through prophets and, and men of old but in verse 2 it says in the last days he's spoken to us in his son sure. if God spoke to us by his son through the scriptures why would I need to know anything that you hear from God or why would you yeah. want to know anything that I hear from God when God spoke to us by his son he's perfectly spoke to us yeah that's absolutely right people used to wonder well how did you tell false prophets and true prophets in the old testament mm -hmm. well they was they was alive <laughs> they <laughs> yeah, was alive true. they didn't get stoned they yeah. didn't get killed yeah um there's so much false teaching out there and you get into the charismatic movement and you get into like Bethel Church. That's the, I think it's Seth Dow. I'm not for sure on mm -hmm. that. The new apostolic movement. It's almost identical to the Word of Faith movement. Yeah. I remember hearing him talk about Jesus coming to him in a vision, I mm -hmm. believe. It might be a dream, but a vision or a yep. dream. 
asking that man to forgive him. Jesus asking for forgiveness. That's, that's so, so that's blasphemy. It is blasphemous. Yeah. You're it's saying the creator's asking the creature for forgiveness mm-hmm. for a pastor hurting him in the past. I just don't know what to say sometimes. My jaw drops at hearing yeah. such false teachings. To to preach the prosperity gospel, you'd have to close your Bible and throw it in the trash can. Pretty much, or most of them don't even preach from the Bible. Yeah, and um, it's important to realize that, that uh, there's no assurance, there's no gospel, there's no... Uh, biblical jesus you in the prosperity gospel you make yes. your own god basically um there's so many dangers and results out of that to where to grow in christ we need to be settled um with, with, first of all we have to be born again but once we're born again god works in us and through us through the holy spirit and that's yeah. how we grow through the scriptures not through divine revelation and all these other things that we hear yeah, and one thing I want to mention about the Word of Faith movement or Prosperity Gospel, a lot of them guys, I believe it was uh, Essex W. Kenyon. I don't know if he started this, but he taught Jesus did not only die physically, but spiritually. Yeah. And I want to add to that, if Jesus died spiritually, he ceased to be God. That's true. God is a spirit. God is spirit and must be worshipped in spirit and truth. Mm-hmm. If Jesus ceased and died spiritually, he's not God. Yeah. We have no hope if that's if that's the case. People actually teach, I believe it's Kenneth Copeland said that he had to actually die and go, and go to, to hell, hell mm-hmm. and be born again. Yeah. Gosh, that's so that's so I mean, I'm like looking for a line in the strike. What part as we're do you about. get when he's on the cross and he says, it is it's finished, finished. Yeah. it is done, yeah. salvation is accomplished. Yeah. You don't. Ha- he did not have to go to hell Preach. and suffer and be tormented by demons. Mm-hmm. Or I've even heard charismatic preachers say the devil was down there tormenting them and all this and that. <laughs> what part of all power, when Jesus said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth, all power. Jesus has all power. To think that the devil could control Jesus, or the um, that man can control Jesus by ask. You know, you mentioned about somebody saying that uh, Jesus had to ask him for forgiveness. That's so. That'd be saying Jesus sinned. Yeah, exactly. If Jesus sinned, he's not the perfect savior. That's right. And we stand without hope because in the eyes of the law, we are all guilty. That's why we need the perfect law keeper and it, there's only one man that's ever done that's that right. it's Jesus Christ and if you really listen to any prosperity teaching oh my goodness it's hilarious Yeah, I'm sorry I mean I take this serious you know refuting the prosperity mm-hmm. gospel day but I remember hearing Gloria Copeland say this right here mm-hmm. talking about her husband Kenneth being the weatherman that he has control oh, yeah. over the weather Yeah, and that um he had authority over this and that, and she would say, it's supposed to rain today, Kenneth. Why don't you just make the uh, weather just clear up? Then they would say five seconds later that they don't fly in bad weather. <laughs> yeah. It's a total contradiction. Yeah, it, Only it, God can speak things into existence, yeah. and only God has control over everything. Yeah, Jesus calmed the storm, you know, <laughs> when he was in the boat and everything on yeah. the Sea of Galilee. 
I just it just blows my mind how far they get out mm-hmm. there. You can't. I take it serious. I do, Marcus. Yeah. But I cannot help but laugh when she said he was over the weather. I mean, yeah. it's just so funny to think that they really think that in areas. Yeah. Well, let's talk about this real quick. Is if you dive deep into what motivates these guys, these prosperity preachers, and you know whatever you want to call them, but um, what motivates a lot of them is your pocketbook those dollar bills that you're oh yeah them benjamins yeah they're all about the benjamins all about the benjamins baby they they're they're trying to why in one hand trying to uh, preach to you a message of you know all these things that you need to do and how you need to muster up all this faith while the at the same time while they're preaching this message they've got their other hand sticking in your pocket getting your money yeah so a seed for a hundred dollars so seed get that blessing yeah so you mean to tell me for the new year you didn't order you any holy water from uh, <laughs> River of Jordan? No, I didn't, Marcus. Um, after I got saved and realized what the Bible taught, I realized holy water wasn't even a real thing. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's amazing to see just the, all the things. If if you really take a step back, I'm not even saying you have to understand the Scripture um, at a very deep level or anything, but if you take a step back and look and say, what's the motivation behind this? Anybody with with that's willing to look at it will say, a lost man will say, they're just trying to get your money. It's a it's a scheme to get rich. It is. That's all it is. So uh, here, it was a couple months back, I guess, Seth and I were, uh, we went downtown in Johnson City here, and we were trying to um, just, you know, share the gospel with people that were passing by, and we spoke to a man, um, and the, the first thing he said, you know, he said, what are you all doing here? What are you doing here? What do you think you're doing? I said, well, you know, we're just trying to spread the good news of Jesus Christ, that salvation's in him alone. Um, and he, the, what he got into uh, right off the bat was how the churches and the people, we're just trying to get people's money. That's what he said. And how, um, I guess, a lot of the things that he had experienced through church was um, how they were trying to get donations from him, get his pocketbook, all these different things. Uh, and so it's interesting that people that are hostile towards God, a lot of times they're hostile towards God um, because of experiences they've had with people that preach false gospels, these I'm prosperity sure he's messages. talking about Oral Roberts and all yeah. of them, and I was really... We got to him and said, we're not here for that. Yeah, keep your money. I, I, can I don't care want less. your money. I care about your soul. There I you care go. about you having peace with God, yeah. sir. Yeah. That's what matters. Absolutely. I don't care about money. No. I, we, you need it to live, of sure. course. But sure. money is not everything. It's going to pass away. Yeah. And it's important, too, to, to say this. is I think a lot of times we hear this and we say, well, you know, uh, because somebody's rich, whatever, you can't be a Christian and, and be wealthy. There's there's a lot of good Christian people that are very wealthy. I'm not speaking against that. I'm just saying the motivation for their life that they live, if it's not to glorify God and like these prosperity guys versus these prosperity guys, the motivation behind what they're doing is not to glorify God; it's to yeah. fill their pocketbook. Well, say the scripture says you can't serve two mm-hmm. masters. Yeah, and it talks about serving money and serving God. Yeah, and there's not that's not saying anybody that's rich is lost completely. No. There's people that's very wealthy that care about the gospel, that yeah. love God, 
love Jesus and uh, donate millions of do- I'm sure. sure, I don't know about millions I don't know how much they donate sure. yeah. but they donate money to missionaries right. and care about their church right. it's not a sin to be wealthy is what I'm saying oh no um, it's not it just, we just look at the motivation behind that yes so. and that definitely goes back to that scripture about serving two masters it does yep. it really Absolutely. does so uh, anything else you want to add in here before we try to wrap this one up I got one tweet here from Creflo Dollar, Marcus. <laughs> that name alone, hard to tell you. That name Dollar. out there just shows you. I think you should change show your me last. The money. I think you should change your last name to Dollar. No, Seth Dollar. Uh, Seth Dollar. Seth no. Dollar Dollar Bills, y'all. Uh, um, <laughs> right here it says Jesus bled and died for us, so that we could lay claim to the promise of financial prosperity. Hashtag prosperity in Christ. In Christ. Hashtag wealthy living. Hashtag abundant life. Maybe somebody should have told Paul that. Yeah. <laughs> he spent more time in jail and suffering than he <laughs> yeah. did yeah. anywhere. But yeah. that's really about all I got to say, babe. I've got some resources here on this, if yeah. you don't mind me naming sure. them off. Yeah, throw them out there. Costy Hen, he's Benny Hen's is his nephew. nephew. Yeah. His nephew, he got saved, come out of that mm-hmm. movement. And he wrote a book called God, Greed, and the Prosperity Gospel. Yeah. Costy W. Hen, great Bible teacher. Yeah. Love listening to him. He really is. The man's really got a gift from God to teach and preach. He and does. It's, it's amazing seeing how God saved him out of that. Mm-hmm. That's a wonderful book there. And the movies, uh, the American Gospel movies destroy it. Until oh, man. They're solid. Yeah. Um, Clouds Without Water, Justin Peters series mm-hmm. on YouTube is wonderful yeah he goes through that the charismatic movement the dangers of healing Mm -hmm. of false healing Mm -hmm. and um justin peters uh, recommended this lady susan heck a woman teacher you know for the women out there and ladies Mm -hmm. that want to listen to orthodox teacher and you can find her at themaster.com and that's another thing you worry about like joyce meyer yeah i've heard uh Paul White, yeah. completely false teachers. Absolutely, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, you can you can really, if you examine it, there's so many that preach this prosperity message that, like as you said, sometimes it's like a light version of that. Um, but there's a lot of that that's out there. So, um, kind of, I'll make a, a comment on some of the resources. Seth said the American Gospel movies. So there's two of them that are out now. Yeah. Uh, the first one was basically just taking a machine gun to the prosperity gospel. Yeah. Um, we we recently in our home group at church uh, went through that and watched it. And uh, something that was a takeaway for me is you know uh, they would have these clips from these prosperity preachers on there, and as soon as you hear the clip, it's just something so crazy everybody would start laughing, and because it's so just absurd the things that they were saying, we're like, who would believe this? But it's it, it it's important to make this point is there are really people out there, millions and millions of people that are caught up in this and believing that um, believe in, in Jesus Christ for, you know, um, wealth and if you believe in Jesus you'll never be sick and these things. And it's important um, that we're not making fun of those people. We just want to point you to the truth of the scriptures through that uh and that's the american gospels it's a great 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 resource for that because it it just kind of shows you at face value how ridiculous some of the things that they say are it is and 
I take it all serious, but I will laugh at Kenneth Copeland thinking he's a weatherman. Yeah, I think uh, his COVID-19 video is the best video I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. The dubstep one where they yeah. add the music. That's pretty great. COVID-19. And I still like what Steve Lawson said about Joel Osteen being a weatherman. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> what did he say about it? He said, I still think Joel will make a great weatherman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he kind of looks like a weatherman. He does. Uh, yeah. He's forecast here in Cash yeah. Holler. Yeah, nah. <laughs> Greg Hollers that. Greg Holler versus Cash Holler. Oh man. Lord, uh, yeah. So that's uh, we'll, we'll try to wrap it up there with this episode, and I hope that we've um, glorified God through this and and pointed you to the scriptures on why the prosperity gospel is not a true gospel, on what it is, a little bit of the history um, in the prosperity gospel, and what the difference is between the true gospel and the prosperity gospel. So I hope that we've kind of cleared some of that up for you. You may listen and say, I listen to some of those teachers that that you all mentioned. I would encourage you. um, There's there's so many good biblical teachers. teachers. R.C. Sproul, John MacArthur, Steve Lawson, Bodie Bachman, Paul Washer, Justin Peters. Mm -hmm. There's just so many out there. That's yeah. Good. Yeah. H.B. Charles is another wonderful yeah. preacher. Jeff Durbin. Jeff Durbin, James White. Yeah. Um, there's such wonderful preachers out there that care about truth and love God. Yeah. So there's some resources for you. Um, if you listen to some of those people that we had mentioned, uh, we're not saying, you know, that you're lost because you're listening to them. You may be really a Christian that's caught up in, in some of this uh, just bad teaching. We want to encourage you to listen to true uh, gospel preaching, biblical teaching, uh, that you can actually grow in Christ. And before we close this out, you want to share the gospel for anybody that'll listen in. Say, uh, sure. Um, here at the that Good Madison podcast, we believe in preaching what Jesus told us to. Yeah. And the gospel is that we have all sinned and fall short of glory. Of God, God's righteous. He's holy. He does not let sin go. What we need to realize is that God gave the law and that we are all transgressors Mm -hmm. against it. There's no way our works will get us to heaven. Jesus came and fulfilled the law, establishing righteousness for the elect of God. Mm -hmm. And God gives the call to all men to repent Mm -hmm. and believe the gospel. That Christ died, was buried, and rose again on the third day. If you repent and believe that... You have a perfect Savior mm-hmm. who will never forsake you or leave you. Amen. Amen. So that's the hope that you have. It's in Jesus Christ and it's in Him alone. Um, we can be caught up in so many different things, different teachers, and, and believing that, you know, following this this preacher, this person, following um, your good works and all these things, and none of those things will allow you to enter into heaven. That's right. You have to stand before God with the righteousness of Christ. Being washed by his precious blood. Amen. Amen. So we pray uh, if you listen in and you are not a Christian, that you have heard the gospel message through this, heard the message that Jesus Christ is the perfect Savior, uh, that we all sin and fall short of the glory of God, and that's why we need Christ. That's why we need salvation. And God gave his his son the perfect sacrifice for that. So... um, not only is the gospel preached to those that are lost, but it's an encouragement to believers too. It isn't just for the lost. So uh, we hope that it encourages you if you're listening in and you're a believer and maybe you're uh, down and out or whatever it may be. Um, 
and you may be listening in, we want to encourage you to rest in Christ. Rest yes. in the finished work of Jesus rest Christ. Rest in Jesus Christ because that's the only place you will ever Amen. rest. Amen. All right. We'll close it out there and tune in. We'll drop another episode uh, next week. And we're leaning on uh, either doing one on um, legalism or maybe even uh, the perseverance of the saints, eternal security, whatever you want to call it. Who knows? We'll just have to wait and see, brother. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of a couple that we've thrown around. But just stay tuned for that, and God bless.